You're listening to a Centro Church podcast. Good evening. Hello, Centro Church. You guys must be suckers for punishment. It was so bad this morning, you thought you would come out again. Come on, it is good. In, this, in the middle of worship, Pastor Tim leaned over to me and said, the leash is off, do what you want. And I was like, Tim, you don't know what you're saying. Like, we're friends, but we're not that good of friends. And uh, yeah, it's going to get dangerous in this place. And uh, come on, how many of you guys love going to Centro Church? I, this is my first Sunday. If you're, if you're a visitor, just know it's my first Sunday too. And, um, and I've loved it. And so I hope you have the same experience. And if you didn't love it, come back next week. I won't be here. And, um, and, and if you liked all of it except for the weird guy with the funny accent, just know he's going next week and, and the rest of the goodness will stay behind. But it is great to be with you. As I told the church this morning, I've been friends with Pastor Tim since 2003. We've been, we've been like brothers for 18 years. And, um, and, and, you know, it's amazing how God has united myself and Pastor Tim and Pastor Kat together in our story. And we were talking over dinner last night and laughing about the fact that God has a real sense of humor, giving us churches and letting us be responsible for things in the kingdom. Because, you know, like, I don't know about you, but sometimes I don't feel all that responsible. But not only that, uh, but Pastor Tim gets to lead, um, you know, a, a number of different things. And it's great watching what God is doing here at Centro Church And I just want to reiterate, do not take it for granted. Sometimes we can just get so comfortable. You can get so comfortable with the presence of God that you take it for granted. You can get so comfortable with your salvation that you forget that other people need it. You can be so comfortable in your marriage that you forget that there's actually, gee, your marriage, all right, there's things you want to work on, but it's not like theirs. And, um, and, and you know, the, the thing that I've learned in my life is we, we need to actually be grateful, grateful for the things that God has given us. I'm grateful for my health. I'm grateful for my friendship with Pastor Tim. I'm grateful for Centro Church. And, uh, you know, don't, don't, um, it, it's, it's, it, don't let some outsider be more grateful for your church than you are. It's funny when my kids have their friends over, their, their, their friends are always way more grateful than my own children. And I'm like, I'll swap you for any one of those kids. You just pick one and I'll, and I'll boot them. But uh, no, it is, it is good to be together with you here tonight. I lead a church in North Lakes. If you're driving to the Sunshine Coast and you get to the big Ikea on the north side, that's where I live. I don't live at Ikea, although I, I got stuck inside of Ikea one time, couldn't find my way out. There was a number of beds to choose from, and I stayed the night. And, uh, but no, we, we lead a great church called Church Unlimited, which is up on the north side of Brisbane, and, uh, or, or lower Sunshine Coast, depending on how you're looking at it. And it's great that all the young ads are coming to the north side. I, I give you my blessing. Welcome coming to the North Shore for uh, Eat Street tonight. It is great. Well, this morning, I preached a message uh, that that is really dear to my heart about the church awakening, arising in faith, understanding that we're in a fight. Tonight, I want to take a little bit of a different tact, and I really feel like the Holy Spirit has impressed upon me the message that I want to bring tonight, and and I, I want to drop some truth on you, and then really, this whole thing is culminating to prayer and ministry time at the end. 
This is our encounter service. You've heard a lot of sermons before. I'm believing that we can experience and encounter the presence of God. There is nothing that I like more in my entire life than experiencing and encountering the presence of God. Without it, it's just dead religion. Without the presence of the Holy Spirit, your Bible is nothing more than a textbook. We have got to see the Holy Spirit breathing on our services, on our lives, on the Word, in our worship, that when the Holy Spirit breathes on it, it comes alive and it produces life within me, and I, I am changed in the presence of God. Religion never changed me. Church meetings never changed me. It was when I had an encounter with Jesus Christ, that's when my life was changed. That's when I was set free. And so tonight, I want to talk to you about being free. There's a great verse in, in, in the Bible that says, whom the Son sets free is free indeed. And to be honest with you, I've wrestled with that scripture because in my life, I have thought that I was free, but really inside I wasn't all that free. I, I was bound up by different things. This morning I talked about the enemy, the thief that comes to steal, kill, and destroy, that there are assignments against your life designed to steal from you, kill you and bring destruction in your life. And I have found all kinds of those things happening in my life. I grew up in a household of domestic violence. My dad was heavily addicted to Vicodin and heavily addicted to oxycodone and in fits of rage would throw us around the house and punch us and beat us. I have been whipped with electric cords. I have been through all kind of family hell. When my mom... When I was 25 years old, my mom finally decided to leave my dad after all those years. And she came to me a couple of years ago and she, she was crying and she said, James, I'm so sorry I never left earlier. She carries scars in her heart from those days and shame and pain that she wished she, she had acted sooner. I carry scars and pain in my life. Because my dad was so neurotic and so crazy, we shifted house. I've lived in 31 different houses in my life. I've been to 13 different schools in 13 years of schooling. I've constantly been the new kid. And, and that sounds, wow, exciting. You've lived in all those places. I'm telling you, I've always been the new kid, which means I've always wrestled rejection and wanting to be loved. I never felt like I had friends. I told the church this morning, Pastor Tim was probably my first ever real friend and I didn't meet him until I was 23 years old. I have, I have known terrible rejection and pain in my life. On top of that, I would, I would search for love in all the wrong places. I would, I would find myself in nightclubs. I would find myself doing drugs. I'd find myself getting drunk and chasing relationships. And I found myself getting caught up in all these things in my life that I was trying to fill a hole that could never be filled. Then I come to Jesus and I understand that he's forgiven me of all of my sin. How many of you love that? How many of you go, how many of you remember the time that you understood that you were ultimately forgiven and that he's not holding it against you and you understand what it means to be in his presence and you're, you're totally wrapped up in the presence of God. It's powerful. And then you go home. And, and you're faced with staring at yourself in the mirror. 
And you've had these incredible meetings and you've had these moments at conferences and you've had people pray for you and you've been set free. And, and then you go home. And it's like, it's really not that far away. I've got some friends that have been radically set free from drugs and alcohol and God's really moved in their life. But for me, I found that, that I have to walk out my freedom. I didn't, I, didn't just, I didn't just get a snap of the fingers and all of a sudden, wham, bam, I'm good. I've had moments and meetings that have changed my life forever. But I had to keep pressing into God because my old life is really not that far away. I got to keep chasing after the new life. And the further I chase after Jesus and the new life, the further away my old life is. I'm aware now that I've been pastoring for, for 15 years. And in my 15 years, I've come across some pretty bad stories. I'm aware that my story is nothing compared to some of your stories. It's amazing how many people carry so much pain and so much shame and and so many different things that have happened in their life. It's amazing how we, we go through life the best we can, but things happen against us or things that we have done that bring greater pain and greater shame. It's amazing how many people walk around bound up inside. I was, it was four years ago when I was 37 years old. I know I look great for 41, don't I? It's my young basketball shoes. You've got to stay young. When I, it was four years ago when I was 37 years old that I first could look myself in the mirror and say, I like myself. I like how I'm wired. I like who I've become. It's taken me 37 years. I've got four kids. My son Judah is 14 years old. I pray that he knows that now. I don't want him to wait till he's 37 to know that. There are people in this room and you would say, you know what, James, I don't even, still don't even like myself. I've fought against myself, wrestling against my own things, wrestling against demonic activity. We don't talk a lot about demons in church. But Jesus says one of the signs of a believer is that we will cast out demons. We have to understand that demonic realm is still extremely alive and well. The devil's just really good at cloaking himself and making us think that, well, if you just go see that counselor, and if you just take that tablet, and if you just pray that kind of a thing and do that kind of a thing, and you'll get fixed. We have to understand that we wage war in the heavenly places. And when we wage war, we take authority over supernatural principalities and powers. But the longer I've ministered, the more I've become so confronted with offenses and, and broken relationships. People who are not speaking to other people. Kids that aren't talking to their parents. Parents that aren't talking to their children. People that are just brothers and sisters that have broken relationships. Divorce. So many people have been through divorce and they can't figure out why they are not whole and well going into the next relationship. Can I tell you, the Bible does funny math when it comes to marriage. The Bible says that one man plus one woman equals one flesh. That's not how we think. We think one man plus one woman equals two people. And if you take two and you cut it in half, well, you go back to being one man and one woman. 
but we don't think the way that God thinks. His ways are higher than our ways. And so God tells us that one man plus one woman equals one flesh. Well, what happens when you cut one in half? You're left with two halves. And so we, 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 we get married and then we go through a divorce and we wonder, why am I not healthy, well, and whole? Why am I missing a major part of my life? I, I don't like my ex, but, but there's a wound inside of me that can't get healed because I haven't surrendered it over to God. The amount of sexual abuse stuff that I've experienced in my life, dealing with people who have been through hell, They say that one in three people has had a negative sexual encounter by the time that they're 12 years old. That's a lot. That means that we're we're carrying stuff. That was me. I grew up in that stuff. They say that that, that we we find ourselves chasing after things that become our very prisons. Addictions, whether it's drugs or pornography or alcohol or relationships, we literally form, we live in prisons and we don't even realize that we live prisoners of the prisons that we have, have, have built around our lives. When I first got saved, I, I started getting discipled in a Baptist church. And it was cool because there was lots of young adults. And then I started to drift a little bit and I got hooked up with this crazy Pentecostal. And, and he said to me, he said, James, have you ever been through deliverance? I said, what? I said, mate, Jesus has forgiven me of my sins. I'm all good. East is from the West, white as snow, bro. He goes, but have you ever been through deliverance? I was like, not. And he literally pulls out this gigantic red book. It's stark red. And it, and it says Deliverance Manual by D.L. Moody. It's like, I've seen a car manual. I've seen a stereo manual. I've seen a phone manual. I've never seen a deliverance manual in all my life. He says, James, there's all kinds of stuff going on inside of you spiritually that you're not aware of. And I said, What? He goes, he goes, all your rejection, all your fear, all your self-hatred, everything in your life, it, it flows out of wounds that haven't been healed and you are not free. I had no idea what I was getting into. So he says, do you want to try it? I'm like, try what? And he goes, can, can I get some of the brothers together and can we cast out demons out of you? And I was like, you told me to go for it tonight, mate. You said take the leash off. This is your fault. If you don't like it, blame Pastor Tim. And I said, whoa, wait, hold, how many brothers? He goes, well, I reckon we get three or four of the brothers together and we pray for you and we cast stuff off your life. And I was like, I'm forgiven, bro. It's all good. And they said, yes. But you're not free. And so I, I said yes, not knowing what I was getting into. And, and, and they laid hands on me and they just took me through some key prayer moments. One of the biggest things that I ever had to do in my life was go back and forgive my dad. And I remember 
just the, 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 the brothers weren't telling me that I needed to do it. I, could, I knew it in here that something was off kilter. This was a major wound in my life that I, I couldn't get past. And so without, without even being prompted, I said, Dad, I forgive you. Oh, I broke and I started sobbing like snot sobbing. I feel like the demons were in the snot as they were coming. And it was just, there was demons in the carpet from the snot that was, I'm telling you, something broke in my life. Well, a couple of days later, I got the courage. I called my dad. And I said, hey, dad. I said, I just wanted to call you to tell you that I forgive you. He says, what the hell for? I said, Dad, I forgive you for everything. I forgive you where you threw me across the room. I forgive you for where you kicked me in my legs so hard that I couldn't walk for a day. I forgive you when you punched me in the ribs. I forgive you for the electric cords. I forgive you for everything. And he said to me, well, I'm not asking and hung up the phone. And I just put the phone down and I sobbed. And I said, I feel great. That was not the, not the result that I was looking for. But I feel great because I had to do something in me. I had to get free. He wasn't asking. I had to get free. Two years later, my phone rings. I answer the phone. He said, hey, mate. Actually, he didn't. He's not an Aussie. I said, hey, buddy. And I said, hey, dad. And he goes, two years ago, you messed me up, and I haven't known how to deal with it since that phone call. He said, I know I told you that day that I wasn't asking. But today I'm asking. Woo! There's another layer of freedom, another layer of healing. There's all kinds of things. The enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy. There are all kinds of things that happen in our lives, whether it's a previous relationship, a family member, drug use, prostitution, whether you're bound up in whatever you're bound up in. We need the Holy Spirit to bring those hidden things of darkness to light so we can let them go. Jesus paid for it all. Now you and I have the opportunity to walk into it. And so tonight I wanted to talk to us about, about freedom. And then I want to pray for some people. Let me just take a moment and talk for two seconds about the difference between oppression and possession with the demonic. I'm a firm believer that, that a Christian filled with the Holy Spirit cannot be possessed by demons. I I carry the fullness of the Holy Spirit in me. It's not like this finger is Holy Spirit, this one's a demon, this one, that one's a demon for sure. Um, It's not like I have parts of my life that are demon-possessed and parts of my life that are God-possessed. No, I carry the fullness of the Holy Spirit inside me because I have surrendered my life to Jesus and invited him in to forgive me of my sin. I'm saved. However, There is demonic oppression. 
Instead of demons living inside of me, possessing me and controlling me, there are demons that live in my, in my, in my world that are trying to steer me and direct me and, and influence me into certain things. I don't know if it's like this for you, but, but if, the demon's gonna, if, if the devil's going to trip me up, he doesn't have like 35 different ways that he's going to trip me up. He's probably only going to get me three or four, maybe five different ways because he's studied me. He's prowling around. He knows me better than I know myself. He knows my triggers. I've only got four or five triggers. The older I get, the more aware I become of my triggers. I understand what triggers my anger. I understand what triggers my rejection. I understand what triggers my shame. I understand because I've prayed through and now I've exposed those things and brought them into the light. So that when the devil comes back around again, I don't have to go there again. But it's taken me a while to get to this place. And so tonight I want to drop on you some, some quick things that, and then we're going to open the altar and pray for some people. The first thing you need to know about freedom is your freedom wasn't free. It cost Jesus everything. Your freedom was not free. It's amazing how many of us have given our lives to Jesus and then we, we kind of take that for granted. This is why David says, restore unto me the joy of my salvation. The idea that I was forgiven and set free in Jesus Christ. My old is gone. Listen to this great verse that Isaiah tells us. In Isaiah 53, it says, he is despised and rejected by men. You know, Jesus was despised and rejected so that you don't have to be. A man of sorrows, acquainted with grief. Jesus bore our grief so you don't have to carry grief. Grief of a lost loved one. Grief of a lost baby. Grief, grief of businesses that didn't work out. It's amazing how many of us carry a spirit of grief. But Jesus bore grief so you don't have to. And we hid as it were our faces from him and he was despised. And we did not esteem him. If you've ever felt despised, Jesus was despised, so you don't have to be. He's borne our grief and he's carried our sorrows, yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God and afflicted. Jesus was smitten by God. He was afflicted so that you and I don't have to be. He was bruised for our iniquities. He was wounded for our transgressions and the chastisement of our peace was upon him and by his stripes we've been healed. You have to understand that everything that we know of in word, in the word of God to step into, it was, it's free for us but it cost Jesus everything. When I put my eyes on Jesus, understand that he paid for the freedom that I can walk into. Oh man, it gives it so much more authority. It gives it so much more clout and power. The second thing is, you've got to understand that it's actually Jesus' will for you to be set free. It's amazing how many people think, oh yeah, I know I'm forgiven, but you know, kind of, this, this bondage in my life? Well, I brought it on myself. You know, I, I'm the one who keeps drinking. I'm the one who keeps looking at pornography. I'm the one who messed my marriage up. I'm the one. 
And it's amazing how many of us believe wrong. We believe that we deserve what we get. We don't. We deserve what Jesus got. Because Father in heaven said it is so. And that is the only reason. It is Jesus' will that you would be set free. In Matthew 8, chapter 1 to 3, sorry, verses 1 to 3, it says, And when Jesus had come down from the mountain, a great multitude followed him. And behold, a leper came and worshipped him, saying, Lord, if you're willing, you can make me clean. And Jesus reached out and touched him and said, I am willing to be cleansed. Immediately, his leprosy was cleansed. None of us in this room doubt God's ability. Notice he doesn't doubt. He doesn't say, Lord, can you actually heal? He said, will you? It is not God's will for your life to continue to go through life afflicted, bound up, it is, that is not God's plan for you. He desires your freedom. He desires that you would be set free in Him. He wants you healthy, well, and whole. Here's the third thing. Freedom comes from applied truth. Notice I didn't say from the Bible. I want to I tell you something that's a little controversial. The Bible is nothing more than theory until you apprehend it by faith. A Bible in itself is not going to change anyone's life until they open it, read it, and apply the truth that comes with it. In John 8, 31, it says, And then Jesus rose, said to those Jews who believed him, If you abide in my word, you are my disciples indeed, and you shall know the truth, and it shall make you free. The Bible can only set you free if you're willing to take a hold of those promises and apply them by faith and step into them. So many of us understand. We, we went to Sunday school. I passed all the Bible trivia quiz I was a Bible whiz when I was in primary school. I loved it. I knew it, but I didn't know it. You know all the answers, but you're not living it. You're not applying it. You're not taking a hold of those scriptures and applying them to your life. God wants you to be set free. This is why he tells us in Romans 12 too, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Do you know how often I need to recondition my mind? Renewing, 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 taking the things that I've already heard before, but hearing them again and again. It's called brainwashing. I need to be brainwashed. My brain is a muddled mess. So I need to continually wash my mind with applied truth. This is why I've been in meetings where I've been prayed for. But I want to share with you guys a, a scripture that really staggers me a little bit. It says in Matthew 12, 43, when an unclean spirit goes out of a man, he's been set free. Woohoo! He goes through a dry place seeking rest and finds none. And then he says, I will return to my house from which I came. I'll go back to the guy that I got cast out of. 
And when he comes, he finds it empty and swept and put in order. And then he goes and takes with him seven other spirits more wicked than himself. And they enter and dwell there. And the last state of the man is worse than the first. So it shall be with this wicked generation. That is a wild passage of scripture. I don't quite like it, to be frank with you. I don't like it at all. But what's Jesus trying to tell us? You can cast out a demon and you can be momentarily free. But if you don't renew your mind and set some new things in your heart and fill yourself with new stuff, you don't walk in continual freedom. You keep going backwards. The Bible says, as a dog returns to his vomit, so a fool to his folly. There has been so many times in my life where I was like going good for God, but then I kept going back to the old man. I've got to renew my mind. I've got to apply the truth and actually look to live it. Number four, freedom comes by resisting. The Bible says in 1 Peter 5, 9, resist the devil, steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same sufferings are experienced by your brotherhood in the world. Resist the devil. Look, there, there, there are times where, all right, I need God to fight my battles for me. And, and willpower alone is not going to, to, you know, be enough. But sometimes we actually need to get some backbone. We need to, we, having done all, we need to choose to keep standing and resist temptation. It keeps coming around us to try to take us back. But you and I need to actually take a stand and go, you know what? I'm putting safe devices on my phone so I don't look at garbage. I'm putting stuff on my computer so I don't have that in my world. I'm cutting off those friendships. When I became a Christian, I deleted 193 phone numbers out of my phone. They were not good for me. That was me resisting the devil. Because they were all girls that I shouldn't be talking to or druggy people or stupid people. I had to clear them out. I had to resist the devil. Number five, forgiveness. F freedom comes through forgiveness. You know what's amazing to me, and I'm not going to read it all, but the passage of Scripture where, where, where the friends bring their lame man before Jesus and they get to the meeting and they find that the meeting is so full, they have to cut a hole in the roof and let him down through the, floor, through the roof to the floor. And, and Jesus sees the man lying lame on the ground. And you know what he says to him? Your sins are forgiven. Now, if I'm that man, I'm probably thinking, sorry, Dr. Jesus, you've misdiagnosed me. It's not so much the sin, mate. It's the legs. Hence me lying on the ground, being carried and led in through the roof. Why did Jesus forgive his sin and not just heal his legs? I think Jesus is trying to tell us something. Jesus is trying to tell us that unforgiveness or forgiveness is actually a prerequisite to healing. It's really hard to walk free, to skip and run with good legs when you're carrying unforgiveness towards your father. And Jesus is trying to show us that first sin gets forgiven so that we can then walk into freedom. Well, there's amazing how many of us in this room might be carrying things in our heart that we don't even know are there. I carried so much resentment towards my sister for years. Didn't even know it was there until the Holy Spirit showed me. 
Freedom comes through authority, through spoken authority. Matthew eleven twenty three. 23, for assuredly I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and cast into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things he says will be done, he will have whatever he says. You have been given the authority of Jesus Christ. It's time for you to stop confessing rubbish and change your confession to start confessing the authority of God. It's amazing how many people confess victimhood. Oh, it's hard. Everything's hard. How was your week? Hard. Oh, it's, oh, it's hard. It's, everything's just horrible. They don't sound like that actually, but they do. And you listen to it and you're just like, change your confession. Get some authority in your voice. Start to proclaim the freedom of God. We know that freedom comes through prayer and fasting. Here's the last one. I'll invite the worship team to come. Some freedom is found through running away. Do you know that the Bible tells us to stand and resist the devil and having done all, stand. And it tells us to fight and the weapons of our warfare are not carnal but mighty in God for the pulling down of strong. It says for us to fight on every front except for one thing. 2 Timothy 2.22 Flee your youthful lusts. Flee. How do you stay free sexually? Running away. Mrs. Potiphar, the old cougar, coming after a young Joseph, trying to catch her some young prey, reaches out to get him, grabs his cloak, strips him naked, and where did he go? Bye-bye. Bible talks about running away from sexual stuff. That we're supposed to stand and we're supposed to fight. There are some relationships that we should not be having. There are some phone numbers that I don't have in my phone because it's not appropriate for me to have in my In fact, I'll tell you right now, I don't have Pastor Cat's phone number in my phone. I have Pastor Tim's phone number in my phone, but I don't have Pastor Cat's phone number in my phone because I want to be respectful and I just don't want to go anywhere near anything that's inappropriate. I don't, you, on my mobile phone, if you were to type into the Google search boobies, it would say item not found. Why? Because I have the strictest settings on my phone. Not because I have a pornography problem. I don't have a pornography problem. The settings are so strict on my phone because I don't want a pornography problem. I just don't want anything to do with that in my life. If I type in to, to go on the airline Virgin Australia, I type in Virgin Australia, do you know what it comes back with? Item not found. It's so annoying. Why do I do that? Because I'm in ministry. Well, further, I'm a married man. And I need to set up safeguards in my life running away from things from, from the enemy that would want to trap me in lust. We actually need, it's smart to set up those. I walk in freedom every day from pornography because I'm pretty good at running away from it. I'm out. I'm empty. This is, I've shot all my bullets. I only had eight. I really believe, I got a sense when we were coming into tonight, I got a sense that the Holy Spirit wanted to set some people free. I reckon, I reckon there are people here and you're bound up in stuff. 
It's the first thing that comes to your mind. You remember your teacher that said something over you. You remember a coach at sport that said something over you that stuck with you. You remember a relationship that soured. You, you remember a relationship with a family member that's not healthy, well, and whole. Maybe you're bound in anxiety. I, I know a woman who's so bound in anxiety that, that, that she's married to one of my friends and every time we go to their house, she has to be out of the house because she just she's terrified about being around other people. That is not of Jesus. That is demonic. There is afflictions in your body. There is cancer. Cancer is a demon from hell. There, there, is, there are things that go on inside of our flesh and blood that are not from God. And we have a responsibility to appropriate the Word of God and step into freedom. And so this is what I want to do. We're going to create some space. And I want to invite the worship team. Come on out. They're hiding behind the counter. Yeah, good. Here we go. And... And I, I just want to stop. And that song that we sang before, it's called The Anthem by Planet Shakers. Hallelujah. You have won the victory. Death could not hold you down. I, wanna, I want us to worship to that song for a minute. And, and I want to open the altar. And I want to personally lay hands on and pray for anybody who needs to be set free from anything tonight. But notice I gave you eight tools not just, oh, yep, let the man of God lay hands and cast it out. That's one of the things, taking your authority. That's all I'm doing It's taking authority. But we need to renew our mind. We need to study the word. We need to fill ourselves afresh with other things. We need to get ourselves in healthy environments. Some of the things you need to run away from. This is why I gave you a bit more. But right now, I want to take authority in the name of Jesus. If you're holding on forgiveness, Tonight is your night to be free. They say about forgiveness, unforgiveness is like drinking poison and hoping the other person dies. You ever heard that? It's so true. My dad was fine living in his ignorance. It was me that was dying until I let him go. Who do you need to let go tonight? What do you need to be free from tonight? And so as the worship team lead us in this song, would you stand to your feet? Holy Spirit, we welcome you here, Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, we say we trust you. Holy Spirit, we know that you see into the secret places of our hearts. You know the secret things. You know the hidden things. Lord, you know those areas of shame. You know those areas of pain. And when you look at us, you don't look upon us with shame. You look upon us wanting us to be free. You want us to be healthy. You want us to be whole. You want us to be delivered. And so I just thank you right now where the Spirit of the Lord is. There is freedom. Freedom reigns in this place. Right now in the name of Jesus, I thank you, Holy Spirit, that you're going to start to sift our hearts and sift our minds. You're going to start to bring to memory key things that we need to get rid of, that we need to be buried, that need to be gone in Jesus' name. We take authority right now over every demonic principality and power by the authority of Jesus Christ. We take authority authority over every affliction whether it's mental whether it's physical whether whether it's financial whatever it is whether it's sexual whether it's of a relational nature whatever it is we take authority in Jesus name and we loose right now the healing life of God so the team are going to lead us in song now and as they do 
If you want to be free, if there's something on your heart, something on your mind, you're going to have to get out your chair. You're going to have to stand in front of your brothers and sisters. And I want you to come and say, I'm done with that. And then we're going to lay hands on you and we're going to pray for you. Amen. Don't hold on any longer. Don't hold on any longer. Let's go. Thank you for listening to this podcast. 